Hey there, I'm Renee, a former hot mess shopping addict turned minimalist mindset guru. In three years, I went from totally broke to debt-free minimalist, started a money-generating blog, and healed my marriage while being a homeschooling, stay-at-home mom. And I did most of this with nothing more than a library card and a prayer. Looking back, there is one thing I wish I had had a friend to share the journey with me who actually understood what I was going through. This is my hope for the Unstuffed podcast, to be a place where you can shake off the need to people please and where we can both show up as our authentic selves, even if we're still in yesterday's sweatpants. Think of this as a standing coffee date with an old friend whose only job is to hear you out, hype you up, remind you that you are already enough and doesn't mind if you spike your coffee. As always, let's keep this simple. Life is hard enough. Welcome to the Unstuffed Podcast. Hey there, welcome back to the Unstuffed Podcast. It's me, your host, Renee. Um, So ever since I started sharing our minimalist journey, One of the snarky little comments I'll get here and there is, oh, it must be so nice to have a big house to sell and pay off all your debt with. Uh, And I want to be clear that that's not exactly what we did. Let's knock that out of the park real quick. We didn't just sell our house and then pay off all our debt and live a merry life. No, it was more a matter and desire of needing and wanting to change our lifestyle in order to free up more income which therefore created more flexibility for us um, and to free up more time so that we could do better things with our lives. Uh, However, especially with the housing market the way that it is right now, I understand that saying like, oh, if you want to simplify your life, just downsize your house like I did. Some people are not going to get their money back. Some people are not going to be able to find an affordable house like I did. You know, we were very fortunate in the sense that the area that we live in It's so funny, actually. The area that we were in, houses had gone up. So we were able to, within a year, um, make like 50,000 on our house. Um, Not, we didn't, we didn't make 50,000, but you know, because you have to like do closing costs, realtor fees, blah, you know, and then we put a chunk of it toward our next house. So we really didn't leave with much money. Uh, Our main focus was just getting out of the house, but this isn't about me. This is the problem that I've heard is people going, well, I don't have a house to downsize. So I, people just assume that they have no options and that's really not true. So I wanted to take today's podcast and focus on different ways that you can downsize without moving. So if you don't have a house to instantly minimize your whole life or make this big, massive impact, what can you start to do uh, to create a more minimalist existence to free up more time and flexibility for yourselves. So the first thing that I have down, this is an old blog post. Uh, I didn't even think about that. I was, I had the idea to do this podcast and remembered I had a blog post that already had tips that I felt like might actually be very beneficial. So I'm going to start with some of the smaller ones because, um, we'll work our way up to the more drastic measures. This sounds, this goes against like everything we've ever been taught to believe, but number one is ditch your storage space. 
So a lot of times, so many people will book it to Target or go to Home Goods or wherever and buy a bunch of organizational tools to get everything organized and then they think everything will fit into place. But in reality, all you did was bring in more systems, more stuff, more places that you can store things. You know, when you've got a organization or organizational, organizational tool with three drawers, now you've got three drawers that you can shove stuff in. Um, if that makes sense. In our last house, we had a big kitchen and I, when we moved in, I didn't have enough stuff to fill most of the cupboard space, but you better believe those cupboards were filled by the time we moved out. They, we had filled them up somehow. So instead of believing that you just need better storage systems or more storage systems to make your house feel less cluttered, that is incorrect. Um, so what I decided to do for my children's room, I do have my son who is a bigger uh, hoarder, we might say. Bless his heart. I hope he doesn't continue on, but he just really forms an attachment to his stuff. He humanizes everything. So we literally have tennis balls. He has a tennis ball that he puts like a hat on. His soccer ball has like a hat, his basketball. He like put hats on all of them and gave them all names and then propped them up in his chair and they're like his friends. He has always... Um, done this with just everything. He makes everything his best friend, which is so wonderful. It says so much about his kind heart, uh, but he has a tough time letting go of things. And I have spoken on this before, but that's not something I push. Uh, my children are allowed to have their own experiences in life that are different from mine. They are allowed to have their own experiences with stuff that are different from mine. And I had a ton of toys growing up and therefore in somehow I became a minimalist. So um, I try to allow them to have their stuff and their space. So he does have certain storage bins, but one thing I had to do was decide to, um, have a little bit less shelving in their rooms and less containers because then there's really no choice for them to recognize how much stuff that they have. There's less storage space. And like I was saying about our kitchen cabinets, I just went into my daughter's room the other day. I was looking for something. Don't even remember what. And she got a desk. We bought her a desk within the last year or so, just a cheap Goodwill desk. Um, and I was looking through her drawers and realizing they are just full of junk. And when she didn't have that dresser before, there would have been nowhere for that junk to go except for to be realized what was garbage and to be tossed. And Because it is, that's a lot of it's just like um, tiny things that could most definitely find a home somewhere else besides being shoved into a drawer. So contrary to popular belief, consider eliminating some of your storage solutions in order to force yourself to deal with your clutter more and be more willing to part with things that are not adding to your life. And of course, number two is sell what you can. Getting money back is one of the things that most of us want so bad. And I talk a lot about the sunken cost fallacy um, where, you know, we, we continue to want to invest in something that we've already invested in. And we also have this belief where once we own something, we somehow find it more valuable than it really is. And that can keep so many of us holding onto our stuff for far longer than we really need to. So one of people's biggest things is, well, I just want to get some money back for this. I want to get some money back for this. With all the love in my heart, I want to remind you that you will never get your money back for the things that you buy. Maybe on those rarest of collector occasions, but for the most part, you are, you've lost money. 
Um, and the only way that that knowledge can benefit us is if you remember next time that you're feeling tempted into a purchase to stop yourself and go, Oh yeah, I remember like maybe I should pause on this purchase because I never get my money back for these things that I'm buying. Um, you don't know you need to feel shame. You don't need to feel mad at yourself, but to just maybe remember for next time. So I have sold bigger things on like Facebook marketplace when I wanted to clear them out. Um, and there are, there are apps like Mercari where you can sell electronics and things like that. Um, uh, that can be really beneficial. So if you are hoping to get money back for your stuff, um, be aware that you most definitely can find places to sell it to help you kind of downsize and minimize what you currently have going on. So this next one I love, this number three, is live from a suitcase. Just hear me out. I had, at the time of this blog post, read the book Present Over Perfect, and it's still a book that I remember and think about today. It wasn't particularly a minimalist book, but most of the books I read that inspired my minimalist journey were not, in fact, minimalist books. This was more just about being present as a parent um, and being more self-aware. Um, the author, Shauna Nyquist, talks about taking a vacation to their family cabin um, at the cabin, she had this epiphany that there were so many things that she had back home that really were not important and were completely unnecessary. You know, like so many of us go on vacation and we are just fine. We wear the clothes we have. We use whatever we brought. And, we, you know, for her, what she was saying was whatever was at the cabin is what she used. Where she, even though she had less stuff at the cabin than she had at home. After living out of a suitcase for a few weeks, she was more easily able to get rid of stuff at her house that she used to think was really important. And I like that she talked about uh, how she had bought all of these really bright, colorful outfits. And I believe at the time she was traveling for work, so she was like a traveling speaker. She would buy all of these fun, colorful outfits and bring them with her to do her speaking engagements and then realize... She would always just reach for like the black and white, the neutral colors, which sounds so much like me. It's made me laugh because that was a, a realization I had to come to. I see the beautiful colors and the patterns and they might look good on me, but they're not really what I want to wear at the end of the day. So she decided, you know what? I need to stop buying the bright, colorful clothes and I need to uh, get rid of the ones that I have because I am not wearing them. So I love the idea that she paid deep attention to what it was like to be on vacation, living with only what she had on vacation, and then using that to come home and go, okay, so what around me here is unnecessary now? You know, that can be so helpful. Just being a little bit more mindful about what you take on vacation and um, what that reminds you you don't really need once you come back. Uh, think about how much you actually use in a day. Better yet, think about all the things around you right now that you never use. Like pause. I'm in my closet. I'm actually have been looking around while I'm talking going, oh, I would probably get rid of that. I mean, I don't really use those, those just observing all of the stuff that even myself don't use. And keep in mind, the minimalist journey is always a process. You're always a little bit more willing to let go and let go. Um, but when you're really feeling a strong desire to downsize and aren't sure where to start, try starting with the suitcase, you know, maybe just packing up stuff or you could call this a capsule wardrobe. People do this all the time or there's like the three, three, three challenge. 
um, where you have a closet that has 33 items for three months. Um, doing that a lot of times can make us really aware of how little we really need. Um, and they can just be a, kind of a fun challenge to test the waters of minimalism and downsizing and decluttering without having to make the full leap. Which brings me to my next one. This is the one I was excited to share with you because if you truly are wanting to downsize and you're not sure that it's something you're ready to make the leap into doing, I read this in a book called You Can Buy Happiness and It's Cheap. Um, it was written by Tammy Strobel and this one was more minimalism when I was on my minimalist journey, but she was talking about how she and her husband lived in what I believe was a two bedroom apartment at the time. And were, they were wanting to move into a tiny house. She was wondering if a tiny house would be feasible for them. Uh, she was a writer. I believe he did something that they could both do remotely as well. And she started to think, God, maybe, maybe that's all I really need. Um, so what they did, because they had a two bedroom apartment for just the two of them, they started putting stuff into like one bedroom. So they, they asked themselves, how big is the tiny house? And the tiny house say was 500 square feet. They started to minimize their space to only give themselves that much space to live, to see if they could do it, to see if it was comfortable for them. And I think that's so smart. So like if you are wanting to downsize your house, uh, even whether or not you're getting close to retirement age, or if you do have kids and you did the thing that we did and you got in over your head with too much house, too much payment, um, start closing off certain rooms for us in our last house. Oh, it just grosses me out. But we had a formal living room, formal dining room. We had a playroom downstairs. We had a entertainment room, like a family room in the basement, we had a giant storage room. We had a loft. All of those rooms were completely unnecessary. I used the formal living room, dining room for studio space for my photography business. But beyond that, uh, there was just no need. And even the spaces itself themselves were just so much. Um, so we easily could have, you know, closed off one of the bedrooms and told the kids, okay, well, let's see if we can make it with just three bedrooms and let's see, you know, if we close off one of these bathrooms and, you know, can we make do? And very clearly we could have, I know that we could have, but that can be a really good way to test the waters before making the leap into downsizing. And the last thing that you can think about doing, um, is moving for the weekend. So this is similar to kind of cutting off rooms in your house, but say, and that's funny because this is actually what I'm going to be doing this weekend. Um, could you do a tiny house? So many people are starting to hop on board with checking out Airbnbs and things like that and are seeing major benefits. And there are even people who travel staying in different Airbnbs throughout their travels. Um, so if you're thinking, you know, could we live in a thousand square footage when we're used to 4,000 square feet, it might be worth considering taking a two week vacation and seeing how it feels kind of like, um, you know, Shauna Nyquist did with her family's cabin. If you don't have access to a cabin, if you don't take vacations like that regularly, giving it a test out and seeing how it feels 
in that space. I remember there was a TV show where people used to get to sleep in a house for the night before they bought the house. That way they could like test out all the things that they wouldn't otherwise have noticed. This can be such a good idea because also sometimes the idea of downsizing or living in a tiny house can just be this like this belief that that's the, that's the thing I need. That's what's going to make me happy. That's going to be the end all be all to my problems. And in reality, it's not that great. You know, we can just as easily get hyped up about living with less as we can about thinking that we need more. So taking the time to take a vacation or practice, um, your home size in an Airbnb can be a really good idea. And you know, keep in mind, it can be a really affordable one, maybe in your area. So you're not having major travel expenses or anything like that. You're kind of just testing out the waters. Um, and there are also some final notes, major things to consider about, um, when you plan to downsize. So like I mentioned, our house had gained some equity, but like, seriously, it was just enough to give us a down payment. We really didn't come out on top at all somehow, you know? Um, so do you have a down payment if you are going to downsize? Would paying off debt first, uh, be helpful, you, you know, to help kind of like lighten the financial load on you and also just working to pay off the debt can be such a big relief. Um, if you're feeling overwhelmed by your stuff and the cost of it all, taking the time to look at the things that you do have control of right now. So beyond just cutting off rooms and making your space smaller, how can you minimize your spending? One thing I used to think all of the time was that if I wanted more money, I needed to work more. I needed to find a part-time job, stuff like that. And in reality, all I needed to do was turn my face toward what I was currently spending on and decide what I was done spending on and just be a little bit smarter with how I spent. Um, paying off our debt was something we absolutely could have done in our bigger house and it would have freed up so much financial burden. Um, it was for us all around, the house was overwhelming, the time, the money, all of it was just too much. Remember, there are so many different ways to downsize beyond just eliminating your stuff or testing out smaller space, you can easily start um, saying no to things that feel overwhelming or that are draining to your time or your energy. You can look at those finances and start eliminating stuff that's taking up too much money that could be spent toward better things. Always take the time to look at things in your life and say, what would this look like if it was easy? If I didn't have to make this difficult, because so often we overcomplicate things, what would this look like if it were easy? And consider the fact that you can minimize so many areas of your life, not just your space.